I am very pumped tonight and very, very thankful that this man is so focused right now. I can just tell. Sorry, man. <laughs> this dude is so focused. I love, I love his commitment. I was, I'm, a, I'm about to brag on you, bro. So, so um, this guy, some of y'all already know, this, this dude is a great leader, and that's an understatement. Saying that he's a great leader is an understatement to what I have seen and experienced with Pastor Matthew Ackman. He is um, the overseer of most of the high school, junior high ministry, and obviously him and Mariah are the directors of uh, CLC, uh, Crossroads Leadership Bible College, which is what I went to. I don't know if y'all still have it, but it, we, when we did Youth Institute, do y'all still have it? Youth Institute? Okay. So, so the Youth Institute is when God really worked in me because for, for a five-year period where I didn't know where God was going to plant me as a minister when he called me to ministry, CLC was the place that God was, was pulling me towards. So Youth Institute really fueled my passion for preaching, especially to the high school, because something about youth always, always caught my eye, even as a teenager. I just thought I understand things that sometimes even adults don't understand sometimes. And I, and I felt like I wanted to preach to that demographic because I understand what it's like to know God in a generation, in your generation, who genuinely doesn't. So I was very, very pumped to go under that institute. And he wasn't the youth pastor at the time. He was under uh, Pastor Curvin Brewington, another great youth pastor. But both of them together, I got to see the great decisions, the hard decisions. I got to see everything, which makes me feel more comfortable as a youth pastor. If, if I make a good mistake or a bad mistake, it doesn't matter because I got to see that firsthand. So I am so thankful for you. And one of the, one of the coolest things, and I want to, like I said, affirmation, I'm just giving it to you. One of, the, one of the biggest things that uh, pa- uh, Pastor Charlie Allo actually put a group, he, he got veteran youth pastors to mentor younger youth pastors. And Pastor Matt was, was, was my veteran youth pastor that he, he did a bunch of Zoom calls with a bunch of other youth pastors. A lot of them were busy. A lot, I remember that one time he had made a Zoom call and a lot of them could make it. It was just me and him. It was just me and him in the Zoom call. And one of the things that I realized and, I, and, and that was worthy, and I want to affirm you in that, is your leadership and counseling is worth time. It's worth my time. It's worth a lot of these students' time. And I think, and I want y'all to have, uh, um, I want y'all to come expecting something powerful of what Pastor Matt's going to preach. Because a lot of the messages that he preaches doesn't come from his agenda. Okay. It doesn't come from some type of opinion that he just made up. He's coming straight through the heart of God to you. So I'm very, very pumped for him to come up here and preach the word. I'm kind of gassing him a little bit. I don't want to make him too nervous because I know when you gas somebody up like that, it's like, oh, man, now I got to do good. Now I got to do great But because I completely understand it. But I love you. I appreciate you. And you're the best, homie. Y'all give a round of applause for Pastor Matthew Ackman. Forget being nervous. He got me crying on the front row. <laughs> it is good for me to give counsel. My time is worth it. How y'all doing tonight? Come on. Hey, look. Look, I don't know how y'all normally get down, but I like to have fun. Do y'all like to have fun? All right. So let me give you guys a secret. You ready for a secret? Y'all ready for a secret? You can have fun in church. All right. Y'all ready to have some fun? Yeah. 
I bet. All right, so look, my name's Matt Ackman. As Pastor Jacob uh, said, my wife and I have the incredible privilege. We serve as the Bible College directors at Crossroads and student pastors. Um, <laughs> you're funny, bro. Uh, so, man, I'm so honored to be here. You guys have an incredible youth pastor, man. Pastor Jacob, bro, you are one of the most authentic, real people that I've ever met in my entire life, bro. And I love you, dude. And the anointing on your life, bro, is just... Bro, it's just unseen, dude. And I believe that you are going to shape a generation further than you realize. Can y'all do me a favor? Put your hands together for your youth pastor. <clears throat> hey, so look, man, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that your breakthrough is on the verge of tonight. I don't, I don't believe your breakthrough is going to be next week. I don't believe your breakthrough is going to be next month. I believe that your breakthrough is tonight. I believe that it is going to be tonight and your level of expectancy that you bring to the word of God tonight that is going to break through whatever it is. I don't know what you're facing. I feel like someone tonight, man, you've been battling some suicidal thoughts and man, you're like, you're not just thinking about it. You're entertaining those thoughts and you're planning it out. Look, I came here tonight to tell you that there is hope. You cannot give up. And I promise you, if you would all just lean in tonight, the breakthrough is going to be better than you could have ever expected. Breakthrough is tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, it's tonight, fool. It's tonight. All right. Before we get into God's word, I got to tell y'all a dumb story because it's who I am. I just, I need y'all to understand something. Adulting is difficult. It is difficult. There are things about being an adult that I don't like. I don't like that I can't stay up till 2 a.m. on TikTok. I don't like it. Y'all laughing, bro. It's not funny. I'm like, I cry about it. I like mourn over it. I'm like, I want to spend all night on Instagram reels. They are amazing. Okay, here's another thing about adulting I hate. Have y'all ever tried to put the fitted sheet on the mattress by yourself? Yeah. It is impossible. I'm believing that y'all are going to get breakthrough on that tonight. Like, y'all are going to go home and y'all are going to put that fitted sheet on. It's going to fit. So one of the things about adulting that I struggled with was... So my wife and I, we own uh, three real estate companies. And uh, man, it's been an incredible journey getting to where we're at. But before we got to where we're at, yo, there was a war. There was a battle that we had to go through to get to the promised land. And one of those battles was for me when I wanted to get uh, started in real estate, I kind of sat down. I'm like, okay, I'm flat broke. My parents are flat broke. I got minimum wage. I work at IHOP, y'all. And like, and not like, the IHOP and ambassador that you get good tips. Not like the IHOP on the north side where people are giving you like 83 cents for tips, bro. I got no money. I'm like, how can I get into real estate? Change. How can I? So look, I bought a big old piggy bank and I started saving my change. I'm joking. I really started saving money. And I bought a $2,000 mobile home. All right, a $2,000 trailer. I don't know if you've ever lived in a trailer. Let me just say trailers are drafty as, like, when they're expensive, they're drafty. But, yo, when they're $2,000, they drafty, drafty. Like, there ain't no skirting. There's holes in the floors. It smells like dog poo. Like, it's nasty. But I was determined. I was determined to have a real estate company. So I bought this cheap, cheap, cheap trailer, and I move in. And one of the things about being an adult that I don't like, babe, is I don't like dealing with rats. Look, y'all. Look, it's 2023, and we have still not figured out a creative way to get rid of rats. It, it's, it's ridiculous. We've sent a man to the moon. 
We, we, like, we have AI technology that can write books from two sentences, but we cannot figure out a way to get rid of rats that is not barbaric. Y'all want to know some of the options they have to get rid of rats? Poison, right? Like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I, have, I had rats, right? And I'm like, I'm going to get rid of rats. What's the, the least messy way for me to get rid of a rat? I don't want to touch it. Ugh. But I got rats. I had rats in the trailer. There was drafty. There's holes in the floor. Of course I had rats. So I decided I wanted to get poison. So I was like, I'm going to poison these rats. Sounds barbaric, but I wasn't going to live with them. Y'all are judging me because I'm killing rats. Bruh. So I get poison. What they don't tell you on the label is that whenever a rat eats the poison, it dies in the house, in the walls. So you'll have rats and they're gone for a little while, but your house smells like a morgue, a morgue of rats. It's bad. All right. So I'm like, okay, I got rid of the rats. Two weeks later, I got rats again. I can't, do, I can't do the poison again. I can't go through the smell of death for another two weeks while it rots until it stops rotting anymore in my walls and then the smell goes away. So I decided to get the next least barbaric option. It's a wax trap. It sounded like such a good idea. No, it's not, KG. It's not a good idea. So I lay out these, these, these wax traps. I mean, yeah, these little, like, if you, you don't know, like little sticky... Sticky traps. I said wax. Yeah, yeah. The little sticky traps. Yeah, yeah. So I lay them out all over my trailer. I'm like strategically like, okay, they're eating the, the cereal in here. So I'm going to put one here. I'm like strategically like putting them all over the place. I go to bed. I'm waking up like, yo, the rats got it. They're going to they're be done. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have rats stuck to these little glue traps. Okay, I wake up, y'all. Not one glue trap is around. They're literally all gone. Every single one of them. I'm like, what are these rats? Are these like, like genetically engineered rats? Like, is this splinter that I have like at my house? So that night I'm laying in bed and all I hear is I fall asleep and I wake up and I hear, come to find out the rats got the glue traps on their backs and now they're running underneath my floor. And every time they run with these glue traps, the trap is literally hitting the rafters. Adulting's tough. It's, it's a war, a war with the rats. The next morning I wake up, my glue traps are back. But now they're full of like, rat hair from the top to the bottom. I'm like, what in the world? Did these fools wax their backs with my glue traps? Like, I could just picture them like, yo, Splinter, get my back, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, get my chest. I'm like, running up with the glue trap. <laughs> like, ripping it out. Like, bro, y'all are out of control. They're like laying on the ceiling of my trailer, sunbathing in the middle of the day. Like, these rats are out of control, man. So then I'm like, all right, I'm done with these rats. I'm going to go get the conventional guillotine of death. Y'all all know what I'm talking about. The spring loaded. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. So I lay these traps out, guys. I lay them out all over the house. And I put peanut butter on them. I Googled it. Apparently, like, apparently rats like peanut butter. It's a thing. So I put peanut butter on these rat traps. I wake up the next morning. And all of my traps are in the same spot. 
they're all still loaded, and there's no peanut butter. I'm like, bro, I got ninja rats, bro. Like, they're like hold, holding down. Oh, I got it, bro. Grab the peanut butter. We're going to split this loot. Like, like, this is out of control. This is, these rats are crazy. So, all right, so we're not getting serious yet, but I am going to say something that may cause you to do, oh, all right? So I'm living in this mobile home. I'm living in this drafty trailer trying to fix it up as I, as I, uh, as I live there, right? And so I'm riding my bike to work, and a, a truck swerves off the road and hits me from behind, and I ended up in the hospital with two broken legs, right? So, yeah, yeah. So I, I knew y'all were going to say, oh, we're not getting serious yet, though. So, look. When the accident happened, it was tragic. I had to go through like 12 surgeries to end up walking again. Doctors told me I was never going to walk again. But, man, I stood on the word of God that says, by his stripes I am healed. Man, I would literally read scripture to my legs. Like, no, 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 there are promises in the Bible that says I am healed, and I'm going to stand on the word of God. So I'm walking in those promises now. But there was a war before I walked in the promises now. First, I had to go back to that drafty trailer after my accident and deal with my rats. So now I need y'all to picture this. Now I got two broken legs. I can't walk. And I got to go lay in my bed after surgery, after surgery, and just lay in my bed while I can hear the rats. And I can't do nothing. I can't get out of my bed. I'm just hearing them running around, all of them eating my food, not even leaving any money behind. Like, bro, y'all are out of control. They start getting so comfortable. Yo, just look, at your, look at your neighbor and say, this really happened. I'm laying in my bed. I've probably been in my bed for probably three weeks after my accident. I can't walk. I've been literally in bed for three weeks. And I'm laying, in, I'm laying and I'm sleeping one night. And I literally feel something jump up on my bed. Oh. Now, I can't move. I have two casts on my legs. I am stuck in the bed. And literally, it starts nibbling on my toes. Ah! Rats, war, it's a war. Yo, it got so bad that literally like one night I'm, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping and I wake up and there's a rat on my chest. I wake up on that. I literally yelled like, I mean, ah! this fool looks down and says, yo, give me your keys. I'm taking over your house, fool. Ah! Bro, this fool turns around. He got a wax back. He struts off. He struts off my bed. There was a war before I walked in the promises of God. If you're taking notes, the title to my message is there is a war before the promise. There is a war before the promise. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a war before the promise. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a new believer. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in God. It doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord for a long time. I know one thing. I know that we are all in a war. We are all in a war. So what I want to do today is I want to look at a passage of scripture where the Israelites get into a war. It's called the the Battle of Rephidim. And I believe that there are three key truths that we can pull out of the scripture. If we would apply those three truths to our lives and our wars, then we will walk in the promises of God. You see, Israel, when they're entering into this war, They're on their way to the promised land. You see, there are promises in your life, but you've got to go through a war to get to them. 
And so we're going to look at this war, the war before the promised land, and I believe it'll give you the keys to unlock your victory and walk into your promised land. If you guys have your Bibles, turn them on with me to Exodus 17, verse 8 through 13. If you don't, they're going to be on the screens to follow along. Exodus 17, 8 through, I like gulped in the mic. I'm like, sorry. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Today, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, I just pray for breakthrough tonight. God, I pray, Father, that you, um, man, that you give rest to those that are weary. God, that you give peace to those that feel like they're going insane. And God, I thank you, Father, that hope will go forth tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, you know, as Moses is overlooking his army, Moses is holding his hands up. And as he drops his hands, Amalek starts defeating the Israelites. Now, as you study scripture and you understand who Moses was, Moses was an incredible man of God. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Moses is the one God used to rescue the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses was amazing. Moses was an incredible man of God. And if Moses, this incredible man of God, could see his people being murdered and killed if he didn't keep his hands up and yet he still couldn't keep his hands up, did that make him unworthy? No, no, no. If Moses couldn't do it, why do we beat ourselves up whenever we get weary? Why, why do we beat ourselves up when we feel like we're not doing everything we're supposed to be doing? The first point that I want to make tonight, if you want to win your battle, is weariness is not a sign of unworthiness. Listen, getting tired, getting exhausted is simply part of the journey. Moses was literally watching his people get murdered and he still couldn't keep his hands up. Listen, youth, it's okay to get tired. It's okay to feel like a failure sometimes. Listen, getting tired and wanting to quit does not mean you have not done what you were supposed to do. We're called to trust and lean upon God. God knows that our flesh may fail us. Our flesh will fail us. We will fall down. The question is not, will you fall down? The question is, will you keep fighting? Will you get back up? Jesus even told us that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Thank God my confidence is not found in my flesh. My confidence is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. The alpha, the omega, the first, the last. I don't find confidence in myself. I find confidence in the one who died on a cross for me. 
Listen, failure is not in the fall. Failure only happens if you don't get back up. I used to be into bodybuilding. You can't probably tell that by my newfound dad bod. But I used to be into bodybuilding. And one of the techniques that they, they teach you when you're, when you're lifting a lot of weight is the goal is to actually push your muscles to failure. You, when you're in the gym, you actually want to go so far that you cannot lift up something anymore. They call it pushing your muscles to failure. When you're in the gym, you are actually seeking out failure. Why? Because that's where growth happens. You see, the muscles rip they, they get torn and they grow back bigger and stronger than they ever were before. You see, if you're never pushing yourselves to the limits and your capabilities and you're never falling and making mistakes, then I would say you're not pushing hard enough. Listen, we need to find where the edge of our capabilities are and we need to push further than we could ever do in our own strength and watch what God's going to do when we give him the glory and we keep pushing forward. Listen, I'll tell you right now, speaking... This was never my idea. I, I used to have stage fright so bad. I still get nervous every time before I get on stage. Uh, Matt over there told me right before I came on stage, but don't be too nervous. I was like, bro, it happens every time. I can't do anything about it. It is what it is. But look, I have seen God move so many times when I have got up on these stages that it's not about me. Man, it is about God and God moving. And so I want to challenge you to push yourself further than you've ever pushed yourself before and watch where God moves in ways you've never seen God move. My alarm just went off. I was like, bro, you got nine minutes. I'm going to skip a little bit. Boom. Awesome. So I believe, I believe that most people want to be a warrior for God. They, they, they want to be a warrior for, how many of you say, man, I genuinely want to be used by God. I want to be a warrior for God, right? Most of us do. If you've been following Jesus, you do. Well, experienced warriors are always made in times of war. God is using the battle you're in to strengthen you. The second point that I want to pull from this passage of scripture is when you face life alone, you fight life alone. Moses went up the mountaintop with his brothers in Christ. Aaron was his actual brother. Her was believed to be his brother-in-law. Moses went up there with his brothers. Who are you fighting your battles with? If you look at your peers, are they the ones pulling you down or are they the ones pushing you up? Are they putting stones underneath your arms when you're getting tired and weary or are they laughing and clowning at you or trying to get you to mess up? Listen, if you want to win in your battle, you've got to surround yourself by the right people because when you face life alone, you fight life alone. You have got to hang for the ones who are rooting for you to succeed, not the ones who are rooting for you to fail. The third observation that I want to make about this war, if you want to win your battles and you want to step into your promised land, is you have to know this truth. You cannot lose because he's already won. You cannot lose because he's already won. When Moses was on the mountaintop and he had his hands lifted, in, in that day and age, what, all that it meant when you study Jewish culture, when he had his hands up, it meant that he was praying to God. So Moses was in a posture of prayer. 
The staff that he was holding was the same staff that God had used to part the Red Sea. It was the same staff that God had used in Egypt. It was a reminder of God's faithfulness. You see, Moses in that moment was simply praying to God and being reminded of what God had done in the past, and that was the key to his success. Listen, it did not matter who Joshua was facing on that day. It only mattered who Moses was praising on that day. So maybe you're here tonight and you're standing before your Amaleks. You're fighting troops of depression, troops of suicide, soldiers of fear, and they're yelling in your face saying you're never going to make it. Listen, you don't need to articulate this poetic prayer. Listen, you simply need to remember that God's been faithful in the past and you simply need to stop and give your God praise and say, God, I thank you for who you say you are. I thank you that you are working in my behalf. I thank you that you are moving and I promise you, stuff starts to shift in the atmosphere when you give your God praise. Look, for the next three seconds, I want y'all to give God some praise. I'm going to close with this thought. Right after this battle, Exodus 7:14 reads, After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Let me just say this. Aside from the Bible, have any of you heard of Amalek? No. You have? Only from the Bible though, right? Yep, you know why? Because God is who he says he is. We don't read him about it. We don't read about him in history books because God has wiped the memory of Amalek from the face of the earth because God will do what he says he's going to do. Listen, there are battles that you're facing right now. There's going to come a day you will not remember them anymore. You're going to, the, the, the depression that you have, the anxiety that you have, the suicidal thoughts that you have, if you would just continue chasing after Jesus, I promise you in just an instant, in one moment, that battle's going to be gone. And there's going to come a day where you're not going to even remember those, those fights. I literally sometimes forget how depressed I used to be. You can start making me sound spiritual whenever you get a chance. Boom. The key to victory is remembering the key to victory is in God's hands. You only lose if you give up. And if we could have every head bowed, every eye closed. And some of you are here today and you're, you're, you're fighting. You're fighting for your life. You're fighting for depression. You're fighting against depression. You're fighting against anxiety. You don't know if your parents' marriage is going to make it. You don't know if you're going to pass school. You don't know if you're going to graduate on time. Listen, I believe that God sent me here tonight to encourage you and to tell you to keep fighting. You cannot give up. If you're here tonight and you say, man, that's me. I need prayer. Lift your hand right now. I want to pray for you. No one's looking around. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Hands are going up everywhere. Jesus. God, you see your people. Father, we ask you, Lord, to meet us where we're at. God, I pray for peace. God, we thank you that you've already won the war. And we thank you that our job is to simply keep fighting and praising you along the way. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you put people in our lives that are going to encourage us and build us up. God, we love you. 
And if you're here tonight and you say, man, I need to come back to Jesus. I've been running from God. Or maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. Do me a favor, lift your hands to heaven. I want to pray for you. You say, man, I need to get right with God. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hey, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want everyone in this room to repeat these words with me. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone. Say, dear Jesus. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the grave. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, man, I want to encourage you. Find an adult leader. Find the pastor. And, man, let him know. And, uh, man, the key, like I said earlier, is, bro, y'all can't do this life alone. You've got to find people who are heading in the right direction. Man, I had a blast tonight. Thank y'all so much for the honor of letting me speak. I wish we had more time together.